We departed Beek at 9.14 a.m., or 9.17 if you believe Mark's account. These three minutes are still under dispute between us, evidence that our mutual senses of awe were not the only things under strain at this point in the trip. The reason we were 14 or 17 minutes behind our agreed-upon departure time was because the trunk wouldn't shut. After multiple attempts to bash it closed, each slam bringing fewer laughs than the last, we moved everything to the back seat, thinking we might then ask around Vik for a bungee cord. Mysteriously, the lid caught on the first try after the trunk was emptied. Mark assessed the situation. As long as we don't open it again, we're good. Despite this, we were still technically ahead of schedule. The storm appeared to have stalled, and we felt confident enough to stop for one last dizzying waterfall whose spray was full of rainbows. Mark put a waterproof cover on his camera and ventured in to shoot it from beneath while I waited in the small gravel lot. Stretching my calves, I leaned up against old trusty Rusty, making one of the car's springs groan. Right there with you, buddy. I walked around it one last time to confirm the hubcap was still in place, and it was. Not that it mattered. The round-faced man had told me emphatically that all they really cared about were the tires and the windows. I was almost beginning to feel affection for the rickety blue beast. As I sat down in it once more, I felt my shoe brush against the trunk release lever and heard a muffled thunk from behind. Not now. Even though I knew what would happen, I tried anyway. I pushed down on the lid with a reasonable amount of force, and it responded with an empty dunk and a bounce. I pushed down gently. Nothing. No clunk. I lifted the lid high, inhaled, closed my eyes, and slammed down with the force of all my weight. Dunk! Frustrated, I let loose with three rapid-fire slams. Dunk! 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 With each slam, it bounced right back, the trunk now a taunting black mouth laughing at my feeble efforts. I probed the latching mechanism with first my finger, then a stick, and finally my pocket knife, mostly to retrieve bits of stick. I was beginning to wonder if it were possible to drive the last hundred kilometers with the trunk open when I saw Mark rounding the bend at the base of the falls. I pushed the trunk shut and leaned on it as he walked toward me, staring at the screen of his camera. Dude, he said, check this out. There were so many rainbows. Cool, I said. Do you have any rope? He looked up from the screen and raised an eyebrow. No. Why? I stepped away from the trunk, and as it opened behind me, he melted into a posture that brought back memories of cancelled flights and lost luggage. I wondered what all that banging was. We spent the remainder of our no-hurry time trying and failing to solve this unexpected puzzle, applying everything from force to finesse. Mark examined the latch while I wiggled the release switch, but nothing was moving. When I suggested that Mark ride in the trunk while holding it shut, he showed me his lost luggage face again. Mark grabbed my arm and pointed at my waist. Your belt! he exclaimed. He was already pulling off his when I realized his plan. Folding down the back seat revealed a sturdy piece of metal we could tie to, but it was too far for one belt. Now that we had a solution, Mark's demeanor changed into that of an excited teacher. He showed me which knot he used to connect the two and why, which knot held the trunk, how to tighten it, all carryovers from his climbing days. We hopped back in, started it up, and backed out of our spot. The lid only bounced a little, and the steady cold air coming in wasn't too bad. It might actually hold. I checked the time and realized we might miss our flight. And so what if we did, I thought. I kept quiet, but unlike Mark or most people, I like a little chaos. I don't exactly go looking for it, 
You can't. It's chaos. But when it shows up, it centers me. The whole universe and all of its daily woes vanish, and what remains is this puzzle, a thing to be solved. My mom always told me to consider the worst thing that could happen and figure out how I would deal with it. Saying that out loud now would definitely make matters worse. Instead, I visualized making a left out of the lot and driving away from the airport, grinning at Mark and slapping his hands away as he grabbed for the wheel. We'll get new flights, I thought. Our original tickets would probably be canceled anyway due to the storm we were now racing toward, the blizzard to end all blizzards. Cliffs and glaciers vanished into the whiteout like fog evaporating from a mirror. I stomped on the gas and the engine whined as we soared over a collapsed bridge, smashing into a snowbank on the other side, Dukes of Hazard style. In real life, I signaled, checked my mirrors, and turned right. 